0: Good morning and welcome to Lopes on Movies My name is Joey Lopes and today I am joined by Connor Hey Joey And Mark Hi Well gentlemen it's come to this Somehow Yeah Um, So uh, let's Last week we we ended our episode with a little bit of a uh, A preview of what we were intending to talk about this week and of course, that topic is Star Wars. Now, uh, if you know anything about me, you know that talking about Star Wars is both a, uh, a blessing and a curse. Uh, it's it's
1: a it's a can <laughs> of worms, is, is what it, it gets is. Intense. Yeah, intense.
0: Um, I I would say Star Wars is probably the single most interesting multimedia franchise in the history of things and it's an endless well of interesting things to talk about but
1: well, not we're for here... the reason that most people would think though right. I, don't, uh, I don't think yeah. your implication is <laughs> the same as what most people would take away oh, from what you just said I,
0: I'm, I'm not saying that because it's it, I, I think it's amazing or anything I'm saying that just in terms of everything about it <laughs> yes <laughs> Which doesn't really narrow it down, but what we're going (laughs) to do here today is something a little bit different from all of that. Because as I said, Star Wars is this massive, fascinating, multimedia beast. But in 1977, Star Wars was just a movie that came out in theaters. And what we're going to talk about is that movie, Star Wars currently known as Star Wars episode 4 a new hope but back then it was just Star Wars and Mark I know you want to talk about this a little bit yeah. but when we when we talk about Star Wars nowadays because it's very hard to separate the films from everything we know about star Wars, because it's so ingrained in the culture in so many ways. There's so many things surrounding star Wars that everybody knows just through cultural osmosis. Mm -hmm. So it can be really hard to distance yourself from that and say, okay, I'm just going to watch this film called star Wars and just take it at face value. So I wish
1: I didn't know anything about star Wars and watched this just to see what it was like, because it is involuntary. It enters into your head like the 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 what is it the garbage pit thing i i'm like i feel like at some point somebody was like yeah that monster is there to clean or like to recycle or something and that entered in my head it has nothing to do with the scene and it's just like <laughs> i just want to or or like especially egregious is everything obi-wan says and a lot of the stuff that takes place on tatooine in general mm-hmm. because that is the skeleton of the rest of the entire saga Like, every single word in that has been extrapolated on and made into another movie at some point. It's Mm -hmm. insane, and it's so aggravating because it's like, you want to listen to what he has to say. Like, Obi-Wan just talking about reminiscing old times with his friend Anakin and not think about the prequels or anything to do with the rest (laughs) of all that stuff and just be like, okay, at this point, they were pretty much just like, he was basically like maybe a beat cop or something. And he just had his, like he had his friend Anakin that he, he spent a lot of time with and they were, they were like, you know, patrol buddies or something. I don't know. They were war buddies. It has nothing to do with everything else. I don't know how to put this other (laughs) than it's literally impossible to separate what star Wars has become from what this movie was, but we're going to try our best to just pretend that the rest of it doesn't exist at all and talk about it uh in starting in a few minutes Yeah. So, pretending uh, this well, is a standalone film. I agree. So one one way
2: that's a pretty good uh that, that that we tried to do it is this is kind of gonna work as like a companion piece to the last show we did, which was Akira Kurosawa's the Hidden Fortress, which has some it, it it inspired Lucas a lot of, in a lot of ways for the original Star Wars. Be, and if you just think about it as the original Star Wars, you have you have the Hidden Fortress in your mind also. That at least for me helped drown out some of the the noise of Star Wars mm-hmm. <laughs> when I did that at least, which which helped. But you are right. It, it, it is very difficult to get all of the rest of it out. You know the, the, those scenes you're talking about with. Sir Alec Guinness, just yeah, like he, the way he was just able to deliver those lines, he's such a like a masterful actor. All that lore was just inspired, just from the looks he was giving, and like, yep. mm-hmm. just like he, he probably saw it on the script. There was nothing in there that said you know reminisce about it this in such a way. They were like, it, it, but those looks just kind of made it like you know what we can do such different things with it. You know, we can do, we could mm-hmm. do this and this, and then it just exploded into this just just nonsense that uh, yep. that it became. But when you just start looking. At the Star Wars, the Star Wars, and that's it. Yeah, I think it's very valuable, and I think it's very mm-hmm. interesting because this is one of the because George Lucas didn't direct that many films. Yeah. George mm-hmm. Lucas didn't. He directed American Graffiti to start. That that well, kind of put him on the map. He also well, did, all right. THX. He, 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 he did yeah, his he did student film, him, right? Right. He did he did some student films and some independent things that not many people have seen. And then his first one that got him on the map was that. uh, that American Graffiti movie. Mm-hmm. And then he did this one. And then he didn't direct the other the sequels to this. He didn't direct The Empire Strikes Back. And he didn't direct The Turn of the Jedi. He didn't do those. And he did the prequels. So this one is very interesting to see actually Lucas as, like a, as a real filmmaker. On location yeah. and doing things. Mm-hmm. It, it's very interesting when you're looking at it from that perspective. I think George and, and Joey, I know you love to talk about George. And Mark, you too, actually. George yeah, Lucas is
0: a, is a fascinating person. <laughs> and he's I just think one there's... uh yeah one one of the elements of what makes star wars so endlessly interesting to talk about george lucas yeah. himself is a uh an endlessly fascinating topic he's yes so there's so many character. different
2: ways we can go here which will not involve going into the lore of star wars which is just the worst
0: yes <laughs> well the, before, that's what i hate like, so much yeah, be- mm. before we like like really like dig into star wars i just wanted to kind of explain the the whole rationale behind not thinking about Star Wars lore because as we as we said the when you're just trying to watch a movie regularly, right? Let's say you just go into the movies on a random day and you want to watch a movie. Most movies that you're going to see do not have the burden of anything that happened before or after that movie to deal with. You just go into it and you view it as an experience. It's just you're in the theater for that duration of time, you're in your house wherever you're watching it and you're just engaging with this piece of art for what it is for that time and then it's over right but i think that's kind of the 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 purest way to experience a movie and with star wars i feel like because the the, the franchise has gotten so massive and there's so much the lore that people know and there's there's all these conversations about things that are happening that have nothing to do with the movies themselves, it becomes really difficult to just step back and view Star Wars as a movie. But the reason why I think that's valuable to do is not, not just because I think it's a very good movie, um, and I think, you know, whenever people talk about Star Wars and talk about, like, what's the best Star Wars movie, like, the conversation is never framed as, like, what, what is, like, the best movie out of these movies? It's always, what is the best Star Wars movie, right? What is the best chapter of this saga, Right, Mm -hmm. and people always say like, "Oh, Empire Strikes Back." It's like the darkest chapter of the saga. But it's like, to me, I'm not concerned about the saga. I don't care what happens after Star Wars, and I don't care what happens before Star Wars. Because when Star Wars came out, there was nothing like that. Any idea about the future of that series, or the like, anything that was happening in the background, was at best a figment of George Lucas's (laughs) imagination, and nothing concrete. Everything was very loose, like. And and I say this all the time to people that, that aren't aware, but the whole idea of like like massive things like Darth Vader being Luke's father, that's that's not something that you can go into watching Star Wars assuming is true. But everybody does that now because that's just right. what the story has. Yeah, like even right before right, it got this, got settled later. I, yeah. I read
2: how many I, I we were reading over scripts, like how many different versions of the script where there's the, the characters' names are used all over the place and they're different
0: characters entirely. Like it's, yeah. it's
2: like he didn't have this all planned out. There's it's also versions
0: of the Empire Strikes Back script where, like, you know, everybody knows in Empire Empire Strikes Back that Obi-Wan appears to Luke as a Force ghost right on Dagobah. But, like, so did Anakin Skywalker. It was Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker, Luke's mm-hmm. father, appearing to him as Force ghosts in the Empire Strikes Back original scripts. Yeah. Now, at some point during that process, Lucas got the, the brain blast idea to make Darth Vader Luke's father, which would be, you know... A very interesting move for sure but the the point is when you're watching star wars like when you look at darth vader you you, you, you can't be like d- depending on how you're watching it that is like if you're watching it as part of the franchise then yes you know okay fine he's he's luke's father but if you're just watching it as a movie then you have to keep in mind that like that may or may not actually be true and more than likely that wasn't even something george lucas was considering and it has nothing no bearing on the story of that movie at all anyway so yeah it's the kind of thing where i I don't think people tend to to rewatch star wars with that mindset but when you do it's such a wonderful just self-contained space opera like western movie like there's this really like you can tell that lucas did his homework on making this kind of film and you can tell that he really studied akira kurosawa and studied sergio leone and was like how can i do something like that but setting it in this like space setting based on these adventure serials I loved watching when I was a kid. So there's this yeah. really like great kind of just energy and like like cross-cultural collaboration going on inside George Lucas's head from all these different filmmakers and ideas that resulted in this one very very wonderful film. And if you just separate that from the lore and the canon and everything <laughs> that happens with Star Wars nowadays, and by god please separate it from everything that's happening with Star Wars nowadays it it really is just a wonderful experience and it's why i always say like my favorite Star Wars movie is Star Wars because it's the one that is it's the only one that is unburdened by the legacy of Star Wars it has nothing to do with the franchise if you watch the original version which right. i think okay, is so the then, uh, you know it was right, one so of the, now the, that that the gets hard to parts. the next
2: the main thing the thing that's that's difficult joey is that you there's the, the original Star Wars is not easy to find. No, nope, it is not. The movie that came out that was called Star Wars, there's almost no prints of it that are out, that are, mm. that are, on, that are on streaming service. Mm-hmm. You can't go on Disney Plus, you know, if you, if you have that service and, and watch Star Wars as it originally came to people in 1977. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. You, you watch Star Wars Episode Four, which I'm pretty sure is also the version that was re-released in 1997 with all the lucas's like special enhancements or his (laughs) which are not interesting and well to be fair
0: he has actually tweaked the movie over the course of decades since then as well like all of the dvd releases have subtle differences like he, he hasn't let it alone
2: right so we didn't watch that we watched as close to the original version
0: as we could so the, the, the one thing that's great about Star Wars and its massive popularity is that there are so many people that are dedicated to making sure that every single thing about Star Wars, its history, and the movies themselves are preserved for all eternity. It's, it's, I, I always think of, it's like the Beatles, where if you want to know how any random Beatles song was written when it was recorded, who was on the recording. You can get that information because of how massive they were and how much information just became public knowledge. The same is true for Star Wars. If you want to know what Lucas's third draft of the original script of Star Wars was like, you could Google that right now and find it and read the entire thing. It's Everything is available. So the one thing that is really lovely about the fans of Star Wars is that they've worked very hard to make sure that it's possible to watch Star Wars as it was originally intended or as it was originally released. So there are fans that have pulled together different resources that they found that preserve the original cut of Star Wars with all the unedited enhancements and mashed them together into this, what they call a despecialized edition, which is basically taking the blu-ray release of star wars that you can get which is a special edition version of the movie but removing all of the special edition changes and trying to recreate the original movie as it was released in 1977 in a high definition format so there is a version of that that exists online and if you're ever going to watch star wars as star wars i highly recommend that you seek that out obviously like we couldn't provide you such a link, <laughs> but we can tell you to search for it yourself. And it's, it's definitely the way to go because I think one thing that helps you get into the mindset that you're just watching a movie and you're not watching, you know, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, is to watch it when it the title crawl comes up. It says Star Wars, and then it just starts telling you about the, the story. It doesn't say Episode Four: A New Hope. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't imply that there's anything else going on. It's just Star Wars. That's all. It there is. aren't
2: rocks in front of R2D2 for some reason <laughs> on,
0: on Tatooine. Oh, that was that. That
2: was oh, the infamous. There rocks. are some fascinating uh, changes that were made.
0: I, I think it's just little things that Lucas b- would would see and be like, oh, I gotta I gotta fix that. I gotta change that. I gotta fix that. But and th- that's always a very fascinating question too, of like, well, he is the guy who made the movie, right? So shouldn't he have the ability to make those changes? And the answer is, well, well, yes. I mean, it's it's his prerogative sure but at the same time just for the massive cultural importance and history of star wars and the impact that it had on the the world i think it's it, it it's imperative that the original movie is preserved just for for historical purposes like it's it's it feels impossible for to me to even think otherwise that for some reason that shouldn't exist but it's it, uh, to me. I think Lucas himself just doesn't want those versions available because he's like embarrassed by them or something, or, or, or for but for the, whatever
1: reason. Yeah, the practical effects and the despecialized version in general are kind of magical. Like there's something to it that you don't get out of those later editions. That just has, like you said, even the title card is something like that. But like just seeing all the goofy costumes in the in the um, Katina and stuff like that. It's really just, like, kind of a blast from the past. I loved it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's the other thing that I think Lucas has tried to do. It's like, because Star Wars has existed for so long now, right? Like, Star Wars originally was released in 1977, and it's still a massive media franchise. Um, So I think part of the rationale is, like, you know, if we're going to continue this franchise, we need to make this movie from 1977 look like it didn't come out in 1977 <laughs> right and if if you think about it like i think that that strategy has sort of worked because most people don't watch movies like that are older than like the 80s but they'll still watch star wars because star wars is part of this you know massive franchise so people like mm-hmm. I, th- I think if you ask any random person the oldest movie they probably watch or have seen in like recent memory is probably star wars but they're watching, of course, a special edition one, which, you know, tries to hide the fact that it's a movie from 1977 as much as possible. But that's a much less interesting way to watch this movie, in my opinion, because it is a movie from 1977. And I think it's important to at least put yourself in that mindset and experience it as the historical piece of work that it is.
2: Mm. Okay, well, that's a very long intro to uh, we're going to talk about Star Wars.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Like, isn't it? a yeah. good Yeah. It was pretty good, I liked it quite a bit, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a while since i've I've watched the whole thing actually um and I've seen Star Wars like eight eight bazillion million times um so I think it's uh it's always fun to revisit it and, and with with different things in mind and it, particularly this watch, as you said, Connor, like earlier in the episode, we were talking about how we had just watched the Hidden Fortress, so for me, watching this was kind of seeing like. I was almost watching it from the lens of like, how good of a Kurosawa movie is Star Wars? Because hmm. it always felt to me like like Lucas was trying to just he was, was Lucas trying to do Kurosawa in a way and trying to do Leone. So I was like, how how good of of that kind of movie is it? And uh, it, it's definitely a in some ways an imitation, but it's a it's a very loving imitation for sure. And I, I think the the thing that stands out to me the most about Star Wars and it's the thing that's just so impressive to me is still just the production design. Like there's there's elements that you could definitely say look like cheap, like some of the costumes and stuff. Yeah. But you watch it and you feel like you're you're peering into another world mm-hmm. that already exists and already has everything figured out. Even though most of it, like none of it, was figured out. It was just a, a beautiful creation of all of these elements that just happen to appear on screen in such a beautiful way. Yeah, Tatooine especially. And if it oh, yeah.
1: actually, in general, and I guess I'll just do the quick rundown of things that I noticed that were very much like Hidden Fortress, um, I like that we open with 3PO and R2 as the schlub protagonists. They're mm-hmm. pretty much those two guys, especially because we follow them as the protagonist for a good 15 or 20 minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. um... And they, they even have the little report and they even split up for a little bit and they both get imprisoned and captured to the same place. It's it's yep. like almost lightly lifted, but beat for beat for a yes. good third of this movie. Um, the, this being the like the moisture farm itself is kind of the hidden fortress. Um, it's even mm-hmm. underground and you even have like them hiding out in there. Not, not hiding from anyone in particular but just kind of going about their day you get a good sense of what it's like in the in the day to day of Tatooine itself mm-hmm. um the the general like characters are kind of more um they're not one to one for the most part like Luke is obviously the outsider fish out of water kind of guy mm-hmm. as opposed and then C3PO Obi-Wan and R2 are obviously the people that are more in the know about the actual story um but the the droids themselves they seem to be the crux of it in this whole comparison but like they really feel like the peasants they're always like spat upon nobody nobody really takes any of the droids seriously they're just kind mm-hmm. of like on the outside looking in the whole way yeah um and then especially through um the early shots of the lightsabers—they are absolutely katanas. Like it's so oh yeah, plainly obvious. <laughs> looking at them doing in that a samurai context, thing, yeah. yeah, they're they're all sam. The Jedi are samurai. Um, yeah, but yeah,
2: yeah. How lo- it's just funny comparing after watching the Hidden Fortress and going to that scene in particular, like the 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 fight scene, I guess between uh vader and (laughs) obi-wan to compare that to the to the two generals Mm -hmm. in the hidden fortress is Mm -hmm. like kind is like pretty hilarious you know (laughs) like just just the way that like the hidden fortress did amazingly just like the way that that was all the choreography of that and it's so much longer too yeah yeah very long i mean there's it's charming in star wars to see it but i actually think the hidden fortress holds up better Mm -hmm in a lot of ways than well, yeah, yeah than that's uh,
0: that's one of the things i noticed while watching it while trying to you know think of it as a kurosawa movie like the thing that i think lucas excelled at was the the broad strokes of of what a kurosawa movie feels like the the way that you tell the story with the the, the pacing and the editing but i think when it comes to directing actors and specifically, like, getting down and dirty and, like, chor- choreographing these scenes, Lucas mm-hmm. was a little bit less adept at that element. So that's why, like, there are, there are times when you watch Star Wars where you, you, you can just, like, look at, like, random, like, background extras and stuff, and some of them seem lost. Like, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, they're confused, almost. And it, I don't think it's the kind of thing that, like, ruins the movie or anything, but when you watch a Kurosawa movie, everything moves like clockwork, and he, he manages to get all of these elements in his films working perfectly and he gets this, these incredible performances out of these actors whereas i feel like lucas is i mean if the prequels are any indication he's not exactly an actor's director mm. you know he's not exactly the kind of guy that is gonna you know give them something useful to work with uh no. <laughs> yeah i think he again he he knows broadly what he wants but he doesn't know exactly how to get it perfectly. So I'm sure that when it came to doing like some of those fight scenes in Star Wars, a lot of it was I'm sure that there was choreography talked about, but I'm sure on the day a lot of it was just like alright, go. Alright, let's see how we're gonna swing it around. Yeah, right.
2: right. yeah. yeah, just uh just do this. Yeah. There are like the other things I would say he does a very good job and and it the the Leone and uh Curacao influence you can see it. The, there's like the very wide lens. Yeah. You mm-hmm. see the shots are you see so much in the shot, also. I think that's that those look really good. Mm-hmm. And there's even like some smaller things, too, like the uh, the the screen wipes, the transitions. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, those are those are the like they, those like uh, they don't see that often, mm-hmm. like the way that they the, just it would happen. And then a screen wipe, you know, just kind of where it just transitions to the next scene by the Mm -hmm. half the screen kind of just like fades away or just like Mm -hmm. wipes off wipes off the screen yeah that happens in star wars it happens in uh you know the curse house movie too Mm -hmm. it's uh you know i think and that goes back to what you said the editing it it's really good from those parts the i think the best part that star wars has that's not really in the hidden fortresses at all is that final sequence which is like the the like actual uh, attacking yeah, the, the rebels run. attack on the yeah, trench, the trench run, run, run on at the death star is the is one of the coolest parts i think it's probably the best part yeah, yeah. i still actually. think
0: that's one of like the the best executed action
1: climaxes ever it's really really like, good especially with the they, music too yeah, let it the play music out just... for so long and mm-hmm. get to such a um like desperate situation and and you really feel it because they the the rebels are getting picked off one by one they have a couple of tries at the trench and they the you get the it came from behind and that's their main force just wiped mm-hmm. out just like that and luke is the last shot and they they build up to luke being the last hope and he just kind of like i don't know they lean into it and it it sells the whole point of the movie which is trust in yeah. the force this this thing greater than you Mm-hmm. That has been hammered throughout this whole movie. The, the like, this sort of lift from Zen Buddhism kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just love that it, th- this movie has an actual story to it. And that's, I know, not isn't it, the isn't it crazy thing In other Star Wars, it it's got themes and it's got a climax. And a I don't know. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, and that that's actually kind of a a good place to stop here, I think. Just uh, when when I watch that that and even just thinking about that that whole scene just gets me all hyped up because it's such a well executed bit of storytelling and a perfect climax to this story. And after that, like after you watch that and the movie ends and the credits roll, like I I'm like, all right, that that was it. That mm-hmm. was great. And then mm-hmm. knowing that there's so much more after that doesn't fill me with excitement it feels like wait there's more how how, but but they won why is there more
1: that's like the story of the of all of the rest of star wars it is it is ironically
0: that ended up being yeah that ended up being how star wars kept going it's like they keep winning but somehow the empire still exists it doesn't (laughs) matter it 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 just cracks me up that like (laughs) with the, the new ones that they made like you
2: know, it's like fifty years later, and they're like, it's like the same people still doing the same stuff. Yeah. yeah, none of it
1: mattered. None of it matters. None of it's gonna matter. It's just forever and ever and ever, the rebels and the empire. How miserable! I, I, that's why I want to pretend the rest of it doesn't exist. This is so much better that way. It really
2: is. It really is. One other thing I think is a good way to watch this, is it, when you watch Darth Vader, and you, you're you looking at the scenes with Darth Vader, when you look at him as just, like, the heavy, yeah. instead of, like, the character that has just turned he's into so everything much. He's like the everything whole point else.
1: of the series at this point.
2: Right, right. When Darth Vader's just the heavy, it's so cool. Yeah. Like, just to see him, mm-hmm. he's just the bad guy. Yeah. In, in it, you know? He's not the main, he's not even the main bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, the grunt of the Empire, which is, like, such mm-hmm. a cooler way to look at it. it he's, he's just a lieutenant, yeah.
1: basically. He's just a really cool guy who comes in and wrecks stuff yep huh.
2: right and when you do that i think it helps bring it, it bring you out of like like thinking beyond everything in star yeah. wars and it helps you just isolate to the one movie if you just think darth vader is the heavy there's nothing else going on yeah. beyond it then it, it can, you can kind of bring it back to just just the one, kind of. At least for me, and the movie will helped. help
1: with that because he gets a lot of disrespect in this movie. Nobody, nobody thinks <laughs> Vader is anything, but like,
2: which is great. Yeah. You know, it, it's just you know the, the, that one guy with the mouth, just uh, <laughs> insulting him for his his
0: ancient, yeah, religion, ancient
2: is, religion is <laughs> is so it's just great. You know, it, it's a uh, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. That Star Wars.
0: Well, alright, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Loops on Movies. Um, I hope that we. We have, if anything, given you an alternate way of re-watching Star Wars as opposed to watching it as just part of the saga. Because I think that both ways are valuable in, in different ways, those pluses and minuses, but at least for my money. I love thinking of Star Wars as just this wonderful self-contained story that needs nothing before it and needs nothing after it to work and and just make you feel something and, and feel like it's, it tells a complete tale so for for my money that's the best way to experience star wars but maybe that's not the best way for you i can't make you do things in your life we're, we're, we're just some guys on a radio show but i'd like to think that our suggestions are sometimes
1: worth something